Okay, so we have been talking about dedicating the tabernacle. And today we're going to talk about step two with dedicating the priest. So they can uh, begin their journey in ministry to God in the tabernacle. And we talked about in this ceremony, God had told Moses that he wanted to anoint, consecrate, Does anybody remember what the last thing was? Scrambling furiously for notes. Yes. There you go. Anoint, consecrate, and sanctify. Okay? That that's what was going to happen to the priest at the dedication. So we started last week with the first step, which was to publicly wash the priest. And that would be Aaron and his four sons that God had set aside for the priesthood in the tabernacle. It was to be the Levites that would be in that, uh, in that role. So in the washing, we talked about that this was more of a ritual cleansing than a, um, a physical cleansing or for personal hygiene, but they were washing off their earthiness. They had to get rid of things that attached to them in the world. And we talked about Christians being washed and that we are washed by the Word of God. We are washed in the blood of Jesus. And that in turn takes our worldliness and earthiness away. Um, the second step is found... In Leviticus chapter 8 and verses 7 through 9. So if you'll turn there in your Bibles, Leviticus chapter 8 and verses 7 through 9. And it says, And he put upon him the coat. Now he is Moses, him is Aaron. He put upon him the coat and girded him with the girdle and clothed him with the robe and put the aphod upon him. And he girded him with the curious girdle of the aphod and bound it unto him therewith. And he put the breastplate upon him. Also he put in the breastplate the Urim and the Thummim. And he put the mitre upon his head. Also upon the mitre, even upon his forefront, did he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. So do all of these things sound familiar to you? They should, because we talked about all of these garments being what God had prescribed and told the people that was needed to, uh, for the uh, high priest garments for his... Uh, to wear during his uh, service in the tabernacle. So the second step, what they are doing is the robing or clothing of the priest. 
And remember, all of this was done in public, in a public ceremony, in front of all the other Levites, and in front of all of the other Israelites. It was done there publicly. It was so that they would know, hey, these people are different. God has called them for a purpose. All of these things that we have been making, that we have been assembling, that Moses told us God required and wanted uh, in the way of offerings uh, and uh, service to his tabernacle, we have been working on those, and now we're seeing the fruit of our labor. We are seeing the, the finalization of everything that we've worked on for so hard for all of these months. So they're being clothed now. And it says in there, in that section of Scripture, if we see the word put, P-U-T. Real easy little word, isn't it? What do you do if you put something? You place it. Very good, Linda. That word in the Hebrew means to assign, to designate, to permit, or to dedicate. It means to set something in order. So it says Moses puts on all of these different pieces of the uh, garments onto Aaron as the high priest. And that word put there means to set it, to assign it, or to set it in order. It has a particular place. It has a particular way. Remember, he didn't just put these things on. We studied them when we did from the outside in. We started with the uh, very first thing, which was the aphod. And we went on to the linen breeches, which were actually the undergarments. When Moses dressed Aaron, of course, he had to start from the inside out. And so they're listed in the opposite direction is what we studied them. But I think this word put here is very interesting because... Go to Genesis chapter 1. And verses 16 and 18. Genesis chapter 1 and verses 16 through 18. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the fragment of heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from darkness. And God saw it was good. Now there's a word in here that means this, but it's not the word put. Can you find that word in those scriptures that uh, T just read for us? Set. Yes, God set them. These two words in the Hebrew mean the same thing. Just like God set, and it says He made two great lights. We know this is the sun and the moon, and then it says He also made the stars. He set them in order. They are put in place, and you know what? They're there. They're reliable. They're dependable. We know every day the sun is going to come up. We know every night 
that we're going to see the moon. There will be a light that is given. We know we will see stars. Sometimes they're hidden by clouds, but we know they are there. Just as they were set and put in order to provide light, it's the same thing with these clothing and these garments for the high priest. He put them in order on the high priest. It's something that will be reliable. And the people that were watching this ceremony and experiencing this ceremony and seeing uh, all of this greatness going on, they knew, hey, just like the sun and the moon and the stars are there and we see them, we have them for light, guess what? God has set in order this priesthood for us that these men are going to be able to communicate with God on our behalf and they will minister to us and to God. So you know what? Just like these ancient priests, every believer is clothed in Jesus Christ and in His righteousness. So let's talk about that. Question 9 says, if we have faith in Christ, we have something. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3 and look at verses 26 and 27. Ephesians chapter 3 and verses 26 and 27. And that scripture says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And I started reading before y'all all got there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ephesians 3, 26 and 27. So there's that word again, put. For as many of you has been baptized into Christ or you have believed on Christ by faith, you have put on Christ. So question nine on your handout says, if we have faith in Christ, we have put on Christ. So just like the, gar the uh, garments were placed on the high priest, they were put on them. When we believe in Jesus, when we ask Him to be our Savior and we believe by faith, we put on Christ. Now, what does that mean exactly? We begin a relationship with Him. We are to be like Him. We are to start uh, becoming, and it will be a growing process where we will start to look like Jesus. We'll start to act like Jesus. We'll start to talk like Jesus will start to do the things that Jesus did. And it tells us that all through Scripture that this relationship that we will have will change us. It will make us different and we will become like Christ. 
So we put on Christ. But there's something else too. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. And verses 17 through 24. Ephesians 4, chapter, se- uh, chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. Did someone want to read that one this morning? It says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be ye, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, it then says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And then it tells us to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So not only do we put on Christ, but it says here that we put on what? In verse 24. We put on Christ. New man. There you go. We put on a new man. We become a new creature in Christ. And this scripture starts out by talking about, hey, at one point in time, before you met Christ, you, you were blinded. You were not aware of the things of Christ. You were not aware of that. You were ruled by darkness. You were a sinner. But it says, because of what you've learned in Christ and what you have put on in Christ, now you're a new man. It says it's renewed your spirit. It's renewed your mind. You're no longer following under the things of the earth and the world, but you have put on a new man. And question 10 on your handout says that we are to put away the things of the world. We're to put away old behaviors. That's what this scripture is instructing us to do. It instructs us to put away the old things, the way we used to be, and to put on the new man. And that new man has been created in righteousness and holiness. So just like Aaron and his four sons, before Moses roped them in all of their finery and in all of that beautiness, beautifulness and glory and honor, you know what? They were just like everybody else. They were just like every one of the other children of Israel. But God had called them He had planned for them to be the priest. 
And when they put that clothing on, guess what? They became new men. They had new responsibilities. They had a new life. They had a new relationship. Not just a relationship with God, but they had a new relationship with their fellow man because now all of the other Israelites looked at them differently. The same thing happens with Christians. When you put on Christ, you put on a new man, and guess what? You're different from everybody else. You're now set apart for the use of God. You're new. Everything old is supposed to pass away. So since we're talking about putting on things, and uh, did you know that there are garments that are offered to those who love the Lord? So let's talk about these garments that are available. Let's start in the book of Job. Job 29 and 14. That scripture says, and this is Job speaking, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. So what if we go by that in the book of Job? What is one of the garments that someone in relationship with God has? Righteousness, yes. He put, it says he put on righteousness. And what we just read in the New Testament back in the book of Ephesians said that that new man was created in righteousness. So guess what? This righteousness that we put on, it's not ours. It's God's righteousness. Remember we talked about that in the book of Isaiah. It talks about all of our righteousness as as filthy rags. We can't stand before God in righteousness, but when we put on Christ... We have a new garment that is His righteousness. So uh, the next scripture, go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, and verse 10. Isaiah 61 and 10. You want to read? Mm -hmm. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with garments. And as a bride ordaineth herself with her jewels. Okay, so here it says... God has clothed me with the garments of what? Salvation. Salvation. So here, I will greatly rejoice because He has given me, He has covered me, He has clothed me with a garment of salvation. And then it says He's covered me with a robe of righteousness. There's that word righteousness again. 
Again, we cannot stand before God in our own selves. But we are only covered and available to stand in front of Him when we have the relationship with Christ. We have to repent of our sins. We have to ask for forgiveness. We have to allow Christ to come into our hearts. And then guess what? We're covered by these garments. We have righteousness that we can stand before God. We have salvation that we can stand before God. So let's go on. Uh, Isaiah 61 and verse 3. Give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So what garment is listed here? Praise. It says that we can put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And then there's that word again right there, righteousness. Do you know what praise does? It takes our mind off of our problem, off of our situation, off of what's going on in our lives, and it turns our attention to God. And it makes everything else seem really small and God seem really big. We get it back into perspective again. Because we have a tendency to let everything in this life overrun us. Every piece of news that we get, if the news that's playing on the TV or on the radio is bad, automatically we get this spirit of fear. We get this sense of doom. You know, it's just, oh, this is awful. And we forget, hey, I serve God. I can stand before Him in righteousness. I have been saved. I have been reconciled to Him. I don't have to worry about this. He tells me that He's going to take care of me. That uh, my needs will be met. But we let other things take the place of this praise, this garment of praise. And when we're clothed, guess what? We're covered. And it's something that we wear Continually, just like when you get up in the morning and you put your clothes on. For the day, that garment of praise should just fall over our lives and we should have praise. When it says that we are to pray continually, we are to constantly have our mind and our thoughts on God, do we do that? No. Sometimes it's really hard. But you need to get into your spirit that if I can just praise God, if I can stop for just a second, take a breath, count to three, whatever it might be, and go, you know, I'm covered by God's righteousness. By Jesus' righteousness, I can stand before God. I can praise Him in this storm. I can praise Him in this circumstance because regardless of what's going on, He's still there. And he's still in control. And it's going to work out. He's working all things for my good. So that garment of praise, it says, exchange it 
take that instead of a spirit of heaviness. Don't let things accumulate and weigh you down. Remember, you've got praise. You have a garment of praise that you can wear. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11. Anyone want to read? (laughs) Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay. So here's that word put again. So what are we supposed to put on here? The armor of God. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. And then we'll go back and talk about the armor of God for a second. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. Go for it, T. <laughs> You're our designated Bible reader today. But let us who are the day, who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Okay, so there's that word put again, putting on. So this scripture refers to the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of salvation. Well, guess what? That's part of the armor of God. So, did you ever realize God gave you weapons? Do you ever think about it that way? What is armor? It's what people put on when they go to fight a war. You don't just wear armor. That would get very cumbersome and very heavy if you were a soldier, then yeah, you have to dress in that and wear it a lot of times. But they talk about how heavy the backpacks and the the guns and the, the extra ammo and all of the stuff that they have to carry and wear. But you put it on when you're going to be in war. And guess what? We're in war. It's a spiritual war. It's not a physical war where we're going to take out a a bayonet and go stab somebody through or we're going to take a gun and shoot someone, but we are in a war. Go back to the book of Ephesians and look at verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Those are four ranks of demonic spirits that are in the world. They're Satan's minions. They're out there doing his bidding. And guess what his bidding is? It is to take down every Christian out there. It's their responsibility to try to make us fall, to try to make us doubt God, to try and take away our salvation, to try to get us to step outside the hedge of protection that Pastor Graham 
uh, spoke about recently on Sunday morning. It's their job to do that. And we forget God gave us weapons. We have all of these garments that we are clothed with. We have the righteousness of God. We have salvation through God. We have a garment of praise that we are to put on and wear continually. We have the armor of God. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not worldly weapons. They're not physical weapons. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So our weapons are mighty. These two things right here are weapons that God has given us to fight against Satan. So we can stand when Satan comes against us. But we forget about them. We forget he's given them to us and we forget that they're there for our use. We're supposed to remember that we have salvation. That there is something, a breastplate, that there's a belt of truth, that there's shoes of peace. All of these things that are part of the armor of God, we forget about them. And God has made provision for us to be able to stand and to walk and to go about our Christian lives and not live in defeat. It's always nice to be a victor. It's nice to be victorious. That makes us feel good. It makes us proud. It makes us uh, walk a little better, you know, instead of just, oh, I can't make it another day. I'm just overrun with stuff. When we realize that God's given us weapons, you know, we can go out and go, woohoo, this is a good day. I can do this today. I've got God with me. I've got a garment of praise. I've got weapons of warfare that God has given me. You know what? I can go out and conquer today and I can live victorious. So there are attitudes and behaviors that a Christian should wear as well. Turn to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, what are we to put on? Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. There's that word put again. We are to put these on. They're supposed to be set in order and they have a place in our life. So it's mercy, kindness, humbleness, And these are all just in that first scripture. Meekness and long-suffering. Do we show kindness? Do we give people mercy like we've been granted mercy? Do we show a spirit of humbleness? Are we meek? Long-suffering doesn't mean that we suffer for a long time, but it means that we're able to put up with other people's stuff. (laughs) You know, we can 
survive in a bad atmosphere. I'll tell you, one of the doctors that uh, Ryan has been seeing since he's been sick, it's his uh, nephrologist. He used to walk in that office. Nobody was happy. You could just feel it when you went in there that there was something going on among the staff. Not the doctor. The doctor was great. But among the staff, like the ladies at the front office. And we noticed the last two visits, they have a a new woman working at the front desk. And she's just as bubbly and happy. And she greets you with a smile. She calls you by name. Um... That whole atmosphere among those women in that office has changed. The little girl that she replaced, and I call her little girl, she was a young woman, but she was never like that. And I told Ryan, I said, you know, she always seemed to have such a bad attitude about stuff. It was like she was supposed to have done something for us, like called in some orders and a referral to another doctor. And we asked about it because we hadn't heard anything. Well, come to find out, she hadn't done it. And she was scrambling to do it that day when we asked about it. And she got into trouble. But it was just her attitude every time you walked in there that it, it was like, don't bother me. I'm, I'm, I'm not into this. Or She just wasn't happy to be there. And I'm not saying that you're always going to be happy to be at your workplace. But this new lady that's in there, it has changed the whole dynamic of that office. She's showing some of these attitudes and behaviors, and you know what? It rubs off on everybody else. But I think some of them were having a hard time with this long suffering down here with that other little girl in there because she made it a bad workplace for everybody. So our attitudes and the behaviors and the things that we carry with us that are supposed to be Christ-like, if they're not, Instead of affecting someone in a good way, guess what? We bring everybody down. And we're not that light that we're supposed to be. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse 5. Now that scripture says, Likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with... Humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Guess what? There's that word again, humbleness or humility. Don't be puffed up. Don't think you're better than everybody else. Doesn't mean you have to walk around with your head down and let people run over you. But there's a difference in being humble and having humility than being proud and arrogant and puffed up. There's one more behavior or one more scripture to look at and that's Ephesians chapter 4 verses 25 through 32. And it says, Put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. Be ye angry and sin not. It doesn't say you can't be angry. It just says you can't sin while you're angry. Did y'all realize that? You know, a lot of people just think you can't be angry at all. That's an emotion. It's a normal human emotion. And guess what? God gave us emotions. (laughs) But it says, 
sin not. Guess what? These things have to be evident even if you're angry. That doesn't mean you go tell somebody off and not show Christ-like behavior. It says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. It said, if you once were a thief, if you stole, then steal no more. It says, rather work with your hands and labor for the good things. Don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Only that which is good for edifying. If you can't say something good, don't say nothing at all. Who was that that said that thumper in uh, Winnie the Pooh? Yeah. Mama always told me, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. I think there was something along those lines that he had in that movie. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good rule. If you can't say anything good, just keep your mouth shut. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of times I have some things pop in my mind, and I literally have to go, I have to grip my teeth and say, I can't say that. Yeah. So speak when it will edify or when it will lift someone up. And it says that it may minister grace. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you. And then it says, be kind one to another. There's that kindness again. Tenderhearted. And here's another one. Forgiveness. You know, we're told in Scripture that if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us. Doesn't mean we don't have to forget or that we have to love and, you know, pat and caress and kiss on this person. But we have to forgive them for what they did for us. It's the only way we're healed. Even as God's sake hath forgiven you. So just like Moses closed the priests, he put, he assigned and set them in order in their holy garments. As children of God, we put on Christ. We become a new man. We have these garments that are available to us. The armor of God, the garment of praise. We have salvation and righteousness. And if we're wearing these garments, and if we truly have put on the new man and put on Christ, these behaviors and these attitudes will become evident in our life. We may have to work through a lot of them, and we may have to deal with them on a regular basis, but these are supposed to be how we live to have that relationship with God. So let's say a word of prayer real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning, Lord. We love you. We thank you for leaving your word for us as examples. Lord, I pray that you'll have your way here this morning, that you'll look into each one of these students' hearts and in their lives, God, and that you will meet their needs. You know what their requests are, God. You know what they have need of. I pray that you'll be here with us in our service this morning, that you'll touch everything that's done, and you'll help us to give you the praise, the honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you are dismissed.